off the ball. I don't think Springboks are in crisis because you would hate for a team that is so phenomenally good a year out from the World Cup to be world number one and then to go out in the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, Stephen, we, we know. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, Leicester nil, Manchester United won was a result we wanted to get stuck in last night at the King Power from uh, United. We stand uh, last night. Daniel Harris, good morning to you. Hello. So, we uh, we watched the game last night and uh, I wondered afterwards whether it was a case that United are back uh, and it's more evidence that Eric Ten Hag is all over this revolution, Daniel, or was it a scrappy win against a poor Leicester? Or maybe both are true, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think both could be true. United played played reasonably in the first half, had quite a lot of control of the game, which is one of the things that they've really struggled for under pretty much all the post-Fergie managers, is that ability to control the game. So that was definitely improving. And then in the second half, when they had to, they ground it out. And we saw that against Southampton too. And it's kind of, it's not the best way to win games. Obviously, the way you want to win a game is by playing your opponent off the pitch and dominating all the way through. But for a team that's developing, you can't really expect that at this stage necessarily. Um, although I felt like United should have finished both of those games much sooner than they did, particularly Leicester, who looked a really poor side, lacking in confidence, felt like it was going to be a long season for them. But at the same time, not scoring immediately. So then the game becomes difficult and finding a moment of quality with the game already in progress, if you see what I'm saying, and then being able to see it out is not a bad skill to be honing and probably quite good for confidence as well because, yeah, that's two clean sheets in a row. And um, if you'd have told me or told anyone with an interest in United doing well after Brentford that they'd win the next three games, they'd have taken that in any manner and they've won those games in fairly pleasing ways, I think. Uh, regardless of the, the the opposition last night and the sort of downward spiral almost in some ways that they're uh, that they're on, it does feel uh, that whatever is going on at United, Ten Hag has introduced a, like a breath for everybody. Everybody can stop. They can pause. Bring a bit of rationality to the to the debate. Ronaldo is there. He's not making faces on the bench. He's coming on and he's doing a job for the last twenty five minutes. He really seems to have. And look at, I mean, uh, you know, I was asking a, a big United sporting mate of mine yesterday, where is it on the scale of one to ten is he at? I was expecting a sort of six or seven, and he was like, "Listen, I've come from the minus numbers, and I'm about a two at the minute." But there, <laughs> there, there, there does feel as if the, he's introduced, if nothing else, a breath, a calmness. Yes, yes, slowly, slowly. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was saying he'd introduce any kind of breath or any kind of calmness when people were losing their head after that Brentford game. Mm. But he's responded really well since then. And it is it is a process. The other day, actually, I'm going to say this. I guess I am. Um, my dad, my old fella, had, had to have emergency surgery that turned out out of nowhere. Turned out it might actually be life-threatening. He's fine now. So um, before before he was sort of being wheeled out to have this surgery that he may or may not have made it through, a mate of mine sent me a message and he said, tell Dave, that being my dad, to uh, keep the red flag flying high. So I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to tell him and see what he says. So he's getting wheeled out there. And I said, keep the red flag flying uh, Benji, my friend, Beaky, says, uh, keep the red flag flying high. And um, my dad puts his hand in the air and then he says, I clenches his fist and then he says, I hope I live long enough to see United win the league again. And I said, what are you talking about? Like, I hope I live long enough to see United win the league again. <laughs> Shut up. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a process. Um, it, it, it's a process. And 
But it's nice when you're able to see instant improvements, more or less. And I think what happened against Brentford was, in a sense, that Brentford game, it wasn't necessary. But I think that Tenag picked the wrong teams for the first two games. And because Brentford was so bad, that it meant that he could then start making changes and he could make a couple of drastic changes and no one would say, what are you doing? Because I felt like he probably wanted to drop Harry Maguire from the beginning, but he maybe felt that he didn't have the political capital to do it because coming in and immediately saying to the captain, all right, mate, you sit this one out, is going to start attracting all kinds of unnecessary attention and suddenly there's pressure but because Brentford was so bad, he could bin off Luke Shaw and he could bin off Harry Maguire and no one could say anything. And he's now got... And that's, that's made a massive difference. I mean, as I said before, Leicester were poor, but United gave them one chance in the 94th minute last night. That was the only time they got anywhere near United's goal. And one thing that's been constant in these three games, I think, is United have defended the box really well against Liverpool, against Southampton and, um, and against Leicester. And I think what, what's happened in the back four is obviously having Varane fit is, is massive. Fit and playing, co- looking confident and playing, playing regular games makes a massive difference because obviously he's in a different league to Maguire and a different league to Lindelof. And putting Martinez and Malassia in there is just, it's given United some aggression that they didn't have before. I, I, Luke Shaw probably is as talented as Malassia is. They're both really talented footballers. But what Malassia has that Luke Shaw doesn't have is he has that aggression, that desperation to win the ball, to get back, to get things done. He plays with a real sense of urgency and a real sense of intensity that is exactly what Luke Shaw does not do. And I think the same is actually true of the Maguire and Martinez in that M- Maguire does things slowly. He gets the ball. He's quite good on the ball, but he has a look. He runs with the ball, but he runs with it slowly. And he has a look. And should he make the pass? Should he not make the pass? Should he get in front? Should he stay off? Martinez just doesn't think about that. He gets in and he tries to win the ball. The ball comes to him. He tries to pass it forward. And the thing that United have lacked most of all with all the post-Fergie managers is tempo. The, the ability to sustain the attacks, the ability to move it forward. And they still have massive improving to do in this area. Um, and I think that even on last night's performance, the only time I think they played with the proper tempo for a concerted amount of time was against Liverpool. And the way that Liverpool play the game sort of forces that tempo on you. But they're starting to improve because they've got players that are settling that he sort of has a first team now, more or less. I mean, you'll make a couple of the changes. At some point, Anthony's going to come in on the right might be at the weekend. At some point, Casemiro is going to come in from McTominay. But otherwise, he's got a team. They're starting to groove and they're starting to do things at a pace that you have to do things at if you want to be a good football team. United aren't a team. They don't have the players that could just endlessly keep possession and then find a goal. Like They're a team that need to be proactive. They have players that are proactive because they have players that are more focused on taking risks and trying to make things happen than they are on trying to minimise risks by moving the ball about. And the strides that they've made since Brentford have been significant, but, I mean, yeah, as, as, your, as your friend said, like he's now a two because they were so low beforehand. So like, no, one's, no one's getting too excited and um, looking, I don't think, and thinking that they're good yet because they're not good yet, but you can see the path to being good. And hopefully they're on it. I mean, it looks like they're on it. Uh, Daniel, I think the point was made on the on the commentary on, on BT Sport last night about the fact that Raphael Varane seems to almost excel behind, beside a, a fiery central defensive partner. We saw him with Ramos, obviously, at, at um, Real Madrid, and now with Lissandro Martinez at United. Like, 
I don't think you'll, you'll, you'll see many United fans disagreeing that this, this central defensive partnership looks to business. And even you see moments of body language as well, and it's further to Adrian's point that, you know, when Dallo, for example, wins a goal kick and there's chest bumps straight over to Martinez with the chest bump, the Argentinian has brought something different to this United defence, and, and all of a sudden, United seem to have a, a first-choice central defensive partnership that nobody really disagrees with. No, I mean, I think I said this after Brentford, that it didn't feel like the goals against Brentford were scored because he's not very tall. And what we're seeing is that timing and aggression are more important than inches, I think. Um, because, I mean, I, I felt like yesterday Varane was the better. I thought Varane was excellent yesterday. And because it's also, it's not like Varane is not an aggressive player either. Like, he's he's fast and he's the guy who tends to sweep up and is extremely handsome, which is also nice in that most good United sides have some seriously handsome blokes in it. And you want some you want some rugged, extremely unhandsome blokes. Yeah, you want, you want some rugged, extremely ugly lads, but you also need some, some classy-looking handsome ones, and that is, that, that is Varane. But he also, when he's defending well, Varane, he also doesn't wait to be asked. And it's that, it's that both of them have that aggression and that ability to know when, when to sell themselves, almost. That sometimes, you, sometimes defending is about standing up. And what you want to do is you want to jockey your opponent with your shoulders slightly open, and make them make the first move so that you know you can then respond to that first move because you, it, other, if you dive in, you're then giving them, you're then telling them where to go because then they're just able to go where you are. And I think both of those, both of those centre-backs, they, they're really good at knowing when you dive in and when you stand up. I mean, Martinez is usually trying to, trying, trying to nip in. Um, but Varane also is really good at knowing when to nip in and when you basically just need to make your body as big as possible and, and block things. And, I think Malassia is good like that as well. That I mean, he tends to follow the diving in school, but he's got the recovery pace that, and, the, and the ability to turn really quickly. I think he's a bit more agile than Luke Shaw. And it makes a big difference, I think, if the defenders outside you, for both the centre-backs, have both got speed on the speed to cover. Whereas what you'd sometimes previously had was you had Maguire and Lindelof, both of whom were quite slow. And that put a lot of pressure on the fullbacks because the fullbacks had to defend the flanks, but they also had to get pretty tight to their centre-backs because neither of the centre-backs had anything amounting to recovery pace and they were also quite error-prone. And that is not, I don't think, a good combination. It's an extremely avant-garde combination, I would say, for centre-backs. But what you're getting from both... Like, Varane, you get, you get that composure and that confidence because he knows that he is good enough to defend the best players at the highest level in the biggest games. And the confidence that that gives you and your ability to make correct decisions is, I think, quite significant. And what we see with Martinez is he just, he reads the game really well. So he also has the confidence just to make the right decisions. And then that kind of proactive defending enables you to get the ball forward more quickly. And the, the balance in midfield isn't quite right yet. It's, it, it's getting there. I think when once you put Casemiro in, I think what, what um, Tenak is doing is really, he's, feels like he's making it clear that by not picking Casemiro yet, that in order to get in the team, it's not just about having been signed for an expensive transfer. Even though Casemiro obviously has an incredible pedigree, brilliant player, better than Scott McTominay, uh, I think it's fair to say, because the team are winning, I think the point that he's making to the squad is that you get in the team. If the team's playing well and you're playing well, then you stay in the team. I don't know how that'll work for Arsenal. I would like to see a couple of changes for Arsenal because it felt like... It feels like Casemiro is necessary if you want to play 
Ericsson and Bruno in a physical game, in a quick game. And I also felt like, although I wouldn't necessarily have spent the Anthony money on Anthony, I'm speaking from some ignorance because I'm not as familiar with Anthony, obviously, as Ten Hag is. But um, I just felt like a right back and a centre forward both might have been more necessary than a winger. But it felt like last night we saw why Anthony is necessary because what happened when United were trying to kill the game and at the same time maintain some kind of threat on the counter is that it felt like they were an attacking chain short, that they end up bringing on Ronaldo, taking off taking off Rashford, moving Bruno to the flank, and then all of a sudden, and they've also taken a langer off already, they've not really got enough pace on the counter. And with someone like Anthony, what that gives you is it gives you a ball carrier. So it means that he can get the ball downfield, and it also just gives you a different attacking option without losing that massive threat on the break, which is something that United have. And also, I think thinking about watching the game last night and thinking about why Ten Hag has signed Anthony, it felt like if you want to play Ericsson and Bruno together in midfield, and it's clear that that is exactly what Ten Hag wants to do, then if you play two wingers who who want to come inside, so you've got them, come, they're both inverted, you've got Sancho playing on the left, coming inside on his right foot, and you've got Anthony, who's left foot, coming inside, if you, who's, who's, on the, who's on the right, left foot, coming inside on his left foot, then what you've got is you've got two wingers that are basically able to carry the ball, able to able to move the ball, looking, and that will give you that kind of level of control. Because if you think about those two players and the fullbacks and centre backs that can both play, then you're able to start outnumbering your opponents in midfield, and you know that whoever the ball goes to, there's a decent chance that you'll retain possession. And that I think is something that United are going to be are going to need to get better at. It's moving the ball quickly and having as much of the ball against good teams, whereas against Liverpool they obviously ended up having really good dangerous possession but you don't want your opponents to have as much as the ball as Liverpool had in that game even though it felt like for stretches like United were controlling it and the way that Ten Hag I think wants to play is he wants and you can see it with the players that he's bought is he wants more of a possession team than a power team and he wants United to control games and that's something that they're they're getting they're getting better at and something that I think that the new signings at the back help because they're good footballers but also, and they want to win the ball quickly, but also I think Anthony will help with that as well because he's able to carry the ball and he's able to come inside and then that will help United have more men. And often in midfield, it's about a numbers game. If you watch the way the City play, and obviously they're, or any Guardiola team, that they are the best teams in possession that probably we've ever seen in the history of football. The way that they do it is they do it by sticking fullbacks into midfield. They have wide players then that are able to stay wide or come inside and they have defenders that can play. And I think what United have managed to do is they've actually managed to get defenders who can play, who can also defend. And that's not something I'd necessarily say about City's defenders. It's just they're so good at the possession bit that for them, it's a risk worth taking to have defenders whose main attribute is their ability to help you dominate. And United actually have defenders who, in theory, when they get a bit better and when they get a bit more confident and a bit more grooved, will enable them to dominate, but can also defend, which is not me saying United are therefore going to be better than City. It's just, it's that line. I feel like it's only really Pep Guardiola whose teams can get away with cheating at the back, whereas any other team pretty much is coached by any other coach. They're still, to be effective in 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 a league battle particularly against these teams you're also going to be need, need to be able to dominate the ball but you're going to need your defenders to defend and it's that and then packing the midfield basically that's going to enable United to go to the next level so it's been decent so far 
And what's more decent about it is that there are very obvious signs of where they might be able to get better. And I think Tenag has that has a decision to make about does he try and get by against Arsenal with a team that, bottom line, he knows is not his best team. He knows his best team has Anthony and Casemiro in it. Is he going to try and get away with it against Arsenal to make a point to the players that places have to be earned? Or is he going to pick what he thinks is the strongest team and try and get it going because they're playing good opponents? I don't know. And we shall see. And we shall see what happens on uh, against Arsenal the weekend as well. Daniel, thanks a million. No worries. Have a good, have a good day, everyone. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.